Okay, so here we are. Has property prices really gone up <laughs> since Christmas by 7.18% in the Fife area? This is actually a real surprise to me, how the fact that property prices have risen by 7.18% since Christmas itself. Uh, I, I mean, since Christmas, first-time uh, first buyers and savvy uh, Fife buy-to-let landlords have been more active than expected in the Fife property market overall. Uh, rents in the Fife area have soared in the last two years, with the average Fife rent increasing to £799 a month, an increase of 8.1%. Because of these uh, growing rents, it has made homeownership more cost-effective for young Fife buyers and more lucrative for um, Fife landlords. On the back of this, though, house prices are actually rising in Fife. Bet you never thought you would say that. House prices are actually rising in Fife, absolutely. So the question is, though, how can I say house prices are rising when the land registry and other indices, in other words, the house price index, from, from the banks as well, state that they're actually falling? Well, the land registry itself figures are published this month which were done yesterday, and I looked at the Zoopla ones, and I looked at just last week, uh, the other ones, the land registry figures as well. Um, and and it will be from the actual sales completed. In other words, keys handed over um, in, Feb in March 2023. Yet, as everyone knows, it takes on average 19 weeks from agreeing on a sale to completed a completed sale in the UK. So those land registry um, houses, uh, the house price figures themselves, are from house sales agreed upon in September or October 2022. Well, think about it. If only there were a more up-to-date way of calculating what is actually happening to prices and house prices in Fife. Well, guess what? There is. By measuring what houses sell for at the sale agreed date uh, by the square footage. So I'll say that again. There's a more accurate, up-to-date version. And it's by measuring what houses sell for at the sale agreed date by their square footage overall. Now, we talked about this last week. Or I talked about this last week. Uh, the measure of pound per square foot. Um, is not a particularly great way to judge the value of an individual property. However, when looking at it nationally and at a regional level, so in other words, right across Fife, it's an accurate, it's, it's accuracy is pretty excellent in terms of what we're doing. Well, let's just say 98% accurate on the national level and about 95% accurate on the regional level overall. Uh, so the average price per square foot at the sale agreed matches the land registry and the nationwide house price index to a very high tolerance 
accuracy level, albeit seven or eight months uh, before the Land Registry and Nationwide published their data. So by tracking the regional pounds per square foot figures for Scotland, it's actually given us an excellent idea of what's happening to five house prices right now. So let me go on and just explain a bit more then. Um, well, actually, let's bring Richard on. Let's bring Richard on and he'll talk about the, the, the next bit, which is basically the top of the property market. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm good. Afternoon, Jim. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah. So we were just discussing about how there's a more accurate figure. Um, you know, it's quite surprising to suggest that five house prices have actually risen to by 7.18% since Christmas itself. Um, yep. When every single data and indices are actually saying it's falling um, overall. Um, so tracking the, the the prices per square foot um, is actually an excellent, um, or a more, uh, well, an, an accurate version up to 95% in terms of yep. regional level and about 98% in national level in terms of what the um, average price point is now in terms of house prices. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to talk to top that off, obviously, the property market was in June 2022, when the average pounds per square foot, as uh, you said, obviously was achieving, uh, achieved for all house sales agreed in Scotland was around about £202.08, if you want to be specific about it, mm -hmm. per square foot. Um, and then by December 2022, um, this had dropped to £191.98 per square foot. Yeah. Um, now that's yeah. a drop of about 5, 5 5.2, 5.3%, to be fair, um, mm. for Scotland homes sold in December 2022. Yeah, and, and then if you look even further on, um, by the April, uh, by this April, uh, yeah. the average square uh, pounds per square foot achieved for all house sales in Scotland uh, has risen by seven point one eight percent. So that's up to two hundred six pound eighty three pence per square foot. So you can yeah. see the differences yeah. there and how that's changed. And um, yeah, obviously you, you could show it in this uh, diagram. Yeah, you can see that right there. Right? You've got yeah. June 2022 or July 2022, which is 202. Then it drops, obviously, it because dropped, of the yeah. worst trust situation. It drops to 191, and then it's jumped back up again to £206.83. Yeah. So you can see there straight away how that is and how over the years, that's since Jan uh, January uh, 2019. And it's mm -hmm. gone progressively up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, you can see that. This is what happens. This is what this is what a lot of people don't realise. In terms of the property market overall, if you actually track since 1984 and track it all the way up, it's actually going up in a curve. But if you look in the minutiae detail, you actually see it like this. See that you see it going up, and then you see a drop, and then you see it going up again, and then you mm -hmm. see a drop, and you see it going up, and you see it drop, and you see it going up again, and you see it going drop. And they see it going up again. And that's that tends to be so th th when this is condensed, you actually don't see these small drops. But what the media do is they jump on these small drops. Yeah. And they highlight it every single time. And they say, house prices are falling, house prices are falling. House prices fell the fastest since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so they use house prices are falling the fastest since yesterday. What does that say? Um, I mean, that tells you everything, uh, the fact that, you know, you need to look at the details and the facts rather than actually just uh, focus on the minutiae detail. Uh, you, you get uh, basically drip-fed by the media, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what? let's put it another way. Yeah. Let's put it another way, right? Okay. House prices in Scotland, including Fife, are 7.18% higher yep. than at Christmas. 
And just for interest, these are the pounds per square foot figures split down by property type. Yeah. So we look at property type. Um, detached homes are actually two hundred thirty pounds sixty per square foot. Semi detached one hundred ninety eight pound two pence per square foot. Terrace uh, homes and townhouses are one hundred seventy nine sixty five per square foot, and flats and apartments are two hundred eight eighty two per square foot. Now that's actually quite surprising. I didn't expect flats and apartments to be more. Yeah, I was just going to say I didn't expect that to be so high townhouses. Yeah. But remember, this is just the short-term trend that we're seeing right now. But it gives us an overall view about what's going on. So before what's I move that an on, average then? No, it, well, it is, um, by property type, it's only over that period of time since uh -huh. Christmas. So that's all we're looking at, almost in isolation. So, you know, this could change in the next two or three months. It could be a different figure. But overall, when you, when you compact it together, like I've spoken about with the land registry and about that, house price graph that I showed there, the yeah. minute detail shows the ups and downs, but overall, you can see a curve going all the way up through there to this point. Mm -hmm. See that how that goes? And we're drawing the line. Oh, sorry. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the wrong graph on this line, as I say. Yeah. See that as I draw? As you go down. Yeah. So you've got a nice wee line that goes up there. So if you drew that, if you took these individual things away and actually plotted from there to there in a straight line, everybody would go, house prices are going up. Well, yeah. you're absolutely right. House prices are going up. It's just that we tend to focus on what's going down. And and, and fear drives the whole market forward. Fear, fear drives everything. People yeah. get so fearful at the end up, um, I better know, or, or I might, or I better know, or I might, or, or I'll not buy, or I'll, or, I'll, or I'll sell, or I might not sell now because I might not get the value I expected. But the, the key reality of this is it's, it's not happened until it's happened. And the media isn't a reflection of what's actually happening right now, boots on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, was, I, I was thinking, obviously, when we were talking about the square footage, and obviously you broke it down there by house type throughout Scotland and things. But obviously, before we go on, it's, it's a good comparison to look at, well, possibly currently, like five house prices. Uh, houses yeah. are selling the average for the square footage is probably around about 190 square foot, 190 pounds per square foot. Mm -hmm. Interestingly yeah. enough, I could tell you right now, St Andrews house house prices are selling on an average of 369 per square foot. Leedmouth <laughs> is 192 per square foot, which is which is almost like the the average. Um, Glenrothes is 143 per square foot. Again, it's simply highlighting that Glenrothes is far more affordable than anybody else thinks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great centralised location as well. I would say that. Um, if you look at the East Nuke area, um, they're £242 per square foot. And then finally, if you look at the uh, Cooper area, they're £189 per square foot right now. So it's it, there's a different trait across the region and the regional yeah. areas in terms of where they are, but, but it's pretty reflective. I, I mean... There are several issues which could upset the apple cart. So let's get that qualified first. One is the recent Bank England base rate rise. Yeah. I mean, the recent decision of the Bank of England to raise base rates by 0.25%, which is a quarter point, has only led to a negligible increase of 0.04% in the average rates for two-year and five-year fixed rate mortgages. Now, there's been about eight or nine hundred products in the mortgage market pooled just recently this week. Mm -hmm. So this was just, we wrote this last week, and then this week, 800's been pooled. 
But the media could easily spin that and say there's 800 being pulled, so there's turmoil in the mortgage market. But there's not. They've pulled 800 products in order to put 800 new products back onto the market. So the overall number of products are, are, are probably similar once that's sorted out, once they, want, once they know what their proposition is. But they're factoring in the fact that they're possibly, they think that there might be another base rate rise coming along next month. There's no surprise, because I did say uh, the base rate rise would be round about um, 5% overall. Um, so we've got, in, in my factoring, in my calculations, I think we've got about another half a percent to go in terms of base rate rises. But also the factor is um, there's been a lot of um, stress testing. Yeah. So stress testing's been done, but stress testing's been done at 6 and 8% interest rates. But stress testing right now that's going on is about 8 and 10%. So it's not the same as a credit crunch, if anybody wants to think it like that, and we're going to have calamity. It's the fact that all these mortgage holders that have actually taken them out in the last uh, five or six years, since 2015 actually, have all been stress tested at that level. Um, so we're up at this level now. So if they've been stress tested at that level in the first place, this should still be quite tolerable for these mortgage holders that are coming out right now. The 1.3 million it's due to expire in fixed rates this year. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that should be a real major issue. I mean, the rise in the Bank of, the Bank of England's base rate, uh, interest rates is primarily attributed to the forecast of inflation. Um, and it, it will not decrease as quickly as initially anticipated. No surprise there, then. <laughs> We've said this already, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> On several shows, I don't think it's going to... <laughs> and we're not going to get to the target we expected at the end of the year or the Bank of England expects, uh, which is consequently why I thought we were actually going to have that. So the underlying cost of lenders' fixed rate deals, known as the swap rates, have risen slightly, um, resulting in adjustment in lenders' mortgage rates, um, but not by that much. That's the 0.04%. So to provide some perspective on this, current average mortgage rates, uh, late May that is, um, so we're about now, are like those observed at the beginning of April, with some rate fluctuations in those seven weeks. I've also concerns about the cost of living uh, persisting among many Fife homeowners and householders, which may continue to impact sentiment and activity in the property market overall. Additionally, the gradual impact of higher interest rates on those existing homeowners, it should not be underestimated. Uh, there are millions of homeowners who exist sub 1% to 1.5% interest fixed rate mortgages, and they're set to end in the coming three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, I mean, that, that rings true even for myself, my own fixed rate mortgage, it's up in about three years' time, and I've got a really good rate, so... Um, yeah, and it's up a lot of people will be in that same position. But you'll have been stress tested at that time, Richard, won't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really that's that's fine and that's fine and uh, comfortable what it is just now. But obviously, yeah. when that time comes around, hopefully things will be different. But uh, people will be. I know people that are doing renewals on their mortgages just now, and there's a big jump in what they're what they're already on. Do you mind me asking who your fixed rate mortgage is right now? What percentage? Yes, it's it's with Virgin Money. And what percentage is that? 2.9. All oh, right, okay. So if that doubled, would that be an issue? I mean, obviously I don't want it to, but um, I, would, I, would, I would be fine. Remember, yeah. it's only the interest that doubles. Yeah. So 
So if you've got a mortgage, say, of 90,000, just guess that, and, and you're what, 2.99? 2.9. So some, just say 90,000 mortgage times 0.29 or 0.29 equals 2.6 divided by 12 equals another £217 a month. So it's whatever, if you're at a 90 grand mortgage, it's another £217 over and above. Mortgage is less than that, for argument's sake, yeah. Yeah, so is that tolerable? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that makes sense. And that's probably because you've been stress testing in the beginning at that level. So that's why they're saying, okay, we're fine with that. But even that 217 increase, you're just sitting saying they're the now to me. In three years' time, if that was still the case and they were double the interest rates, that's what I'm paying the now. Then yeah, I could manage. That. I'd still be, I'd still be okay. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the same for most five homeowners and most UK homeowners because yeah. they've all been stress tested by the same banks. We've not got different banks in Fife than we'll have somewhere else. You know, there's maybe different mortgage lenders that will do Scotland, um, but overall, the mortgage lenders that do uh, just do Scotland will do the rest of the UK as well. Yeah, Virgin Money is actually Clydesdale PLC. They've, yes, I've actually got one as well, yeah. and I've got a I've got an offset mortgage. Aye, they've and, merged. So yeah, and and while mine's Elaine said the other day, oh God, the mortgage has gone up. We're now paying about we're only paying two hundred and sixty or something when we first started, and now we're paying seven hundred and fifty pound. And I'm going, we're not paying anything. We're actually <laughs> yeah. paying seven hundred and fifty pound because our, our mortgage is actually offset against our savings. You've got an offset, yeah. We've got nothing, so the seven hundred fifty pound goes down to pay down the mortgage. So we have no payment for interest. This is now a savings plan as far as I'm concerned. Elaine still didn't get it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, I mean, I think if if, um, if you're not familiar with how things maybe work and, and mortgage, mortgages can be difficult to understand, but I, I get how that works. And some people might be confused at that. So, um, so just to explain people for what an offset is, an offset mortgage, it means if you've got a £100,000 mortgage, and you have a hundred thousand pound in savings. I know everybody's not going to have that, to be honest. Um, then you could put the hundred thousand pound savings into a, a connected, a linked bank account to your mortgage account with the same lender, and that that will offset it. In other words, you won't be, will you will you know no interest at all. But what they insist on an offset mortgage is you still pay the what the interest rate was, but instead of it being interest, they convert it to capital, which is. Yeah which is pay down the loan itself. So that's what an offset mortgage is. Um, and, and, and I'm fortunate enough to be in that position to have that offset mortgage. So it's really, to me, it's just another savings plan. And it's another way of building wealth because I'm now banking wealth. And I'm also saving what is effectively at the time, um, if I could take that and divide it by, I'll, I'll tell you now what that is, 750 times 12. That means uh, nine divided by one to your, it means I've got an interest rate of about 7%. And yeah. inflation's sitting at 8.7, so I'm actually even Stevens with my money. I'm not eroding my money then, because I'm actually saving 7% by offset mortgage. So I'm getting a 7% return, inflation's at 8.7. So, yeah, my, my money's going down by 1.7, never left it like that. But, you know, I think that's I think that's okay. That's pretty tolerable as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And then by the offset mortgage, I've got instant access to that money if I want to use it something else. It yeah, that's, and that's a good up. thing as well. You've got yeah. access to that. And I think that's the benefit of having an offset mortgage because if you need to put it in and take it out, because I have done that on for a couple of days, just moved yeah. it and put it back um, in order to in order to, to, to leverage to something, yeah. do a deal. 
um, and get that over the line, then it's worked perfectly for me. So I've paid two, day, two days interest on it. So literally, I've paid two days interest at uh, 0.07%, uh, divided by 365, multiplied by two. So for that, I paid 50 quid. I paid 50 quid for that, yeah. for taking out for two days and putting and, it back. And able to take that out and leverage your position and then put it back, yeah. 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 So I mean, a, the, 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 um, the, the current issue with, obviously, mortgage rates and some people coming at the end of their term and things, some some five homeowners um, have chosen to, they would rather sell up than trade down the market uh, and trade down the market than reduce maybe their, their mortgage outgoings. Uh, and then cut their house, and then cut their household budgets. And yeah, you know, yeah. we've, we've done shows on cutting your cutting back on entertainment and holidays and things. Uh, I people think would rather sell hard. up and 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 then do that. Sorry, I I know it's going to be controversial, and people some people will disagree with me completely. But I have a sneaking suspicion that most people have a huge amount of disposable income, and and I don't mean disposable income like ready available right now. But they've got a lot of things in luxury items there, yeah. like what you said, like um, entertainment, the Netflix every month, the Sky every month, the yeah. Disney Plus every month. The um, possibly instead of going out once a month, we're going out four times a month. Um, you know, our holiday is now a big luxury holiday to Dubai or something like that, yeah. or Las Vegas, rather than actually just taking a holiday to Spain on a you know a, a standard package to to Albufeira. I'm just I'm laughing because I was saying I'm just back for Vegas and you're go, you're going as well. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. Uh, so so I think I think it's tolerable and I think there's disposable income there and I think the government knows that as well. The the issue for me is the industries yeah. that will suffer the most is are these industries: the entertainment industry, the tourism yeah. industry, pleasure industry, um, the the restaurant industry, the pub industry. Yeah. These are all the ones to go because these are considered um, um, luxury items which could be cut because they're variable. They're based on, variable means they're based on the use. So you don't pay for it unless you use it. And it yeah. could be easily cut as a result. And I, and I mean, the price of everything's increased and you'll notice that yourself. You go out for a meal uh, just now and it's the price has doubled for what it was. That's horrendous. Uh, it's quite bad. That's <laughs> yeah, horrendous. Bad. It's it's quite interesting with the, the that because you know I you know I, I I mainly the golf club sometimes yeah and the golf club's nothing compared to what it is outside yeah, well to no. outside of the golf food. club yeah and and it's almost double the price if not sometimes triple um and you get if you're if you're drinking drink at the golf club it's thirty five mil nips yeah well which is different everybody goes whoa wow that's a lot of money for that uh, drink it's like no no it's 35 instead of 25 25 yeah so you're getting a, you're getting a lot a lot more for a lot less um and that's that's a that's a social membership so anybody want looking to buy a golf club uh, buy a golf club join a golf club um <laughs> yeah. i was going to say buy a golf club for 70 quid join a golf club for 70 pounds social membership and then you get all that cheap, uh, cheap alcohol, cheap drinks, cheap night out, and and uh, and it's not cheap; it's less expensive, I would say. Yeah. So I think more people will begin to start to be more um, diligent. Yeah, of course, vigilant, but yeah, diligent with the, with their spending and things, and and people are going to have to be, um, especially with uh, the increase in uh, mortgage rates and costs and things that and um, that they're going to incur. I mean, we've talked about this before, and we've explained in our previous blogs and 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 shows uh, the message about homeowners to speak to a qualified mortgage broker. And um, you'll be amazed at how, even just extending a mortgage term, 
will reduce your monthly payments, enabling you to stay in your existing in, in your existing home. We spoke about of that. Course, yeah. yeah, I know. Of course, you must weigh up the pros and cons uh, by talking to a qualified mortgage advisor. Yeah, because I mean, always I speak to an advisor. I could only I could only talk in one isolated incident, which is recently, Richard, which I went out to see somebody in the Cooper area. Uh -huh. And this is the story they gave me. Their mortgage is going to be up in December. Um, they want to look at selling now, so they don't because they know it's going to go up dramatically. They know they can't afford it going up dramatically if interest rates still continue to go up, which we believe they will. So they said, well, we should, we're thinking we want to really probably sell it now. And then I went into the, the things about, well, okay, so you've got a mortgage. How much is it? Well, it's 140000 So normally when it comes to the end of the term of a mortgage, the redemption, if you do it early in the last year, tends to be at 1% of the actual loan itself. So it's going to cost you £1,400 to get a new mortgage right now. And it might be a rate which allows you to st still continue to stay in your home and actually be able to fix so it doesn't go up or down and you know what your costs are so you can continue to stay in your home. Now, if you continue to stay in your home, you've avoided the estate agent fees. You've avoided the purchase fees of getting another house. You've avoided all the hassle of moving, which is the moving fees. And, and then you've avoided, you've avoided as well you know, you've avoided basically having to move out of the house and have to get another house. So all the upset to if you've got young children, these people did, um, in the local schools, because you might not be able to get to the, in the area, the school that you are, because the property might uh, you might want to buy might not be affordable. Yeah. So that makes a huge difference. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for not just the, the monetary saving, but also, like you say, the whole hassle and, and um, the... Everything that comes with moving home, especially if you've got kids and a family and things. But we spoke about previously, Jim, as well, in the short term to alleviate a position if you're at that point where you're renewing your mortgage and things is to extend for a longer period. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, if you're young enough, you could do like up to thirty-three years and whatever. Um, but and that might um, not invalidate. That might not invalidate the um, early redemption. Um, yeah. Because they might actually just say that's fine, we'll just extend it. Because the, the the fixed rate stays in place, but the term just goes longer. Yeah. So they, they might be okay with that, and they might not invalidate anything. So you increase the term, and it and it just alleviates your current position, as you'd said about mm -hmm. the cash flow every single month going out. Yeah. So you could take a two or three hundred pound off of there. The interest rate goes up when the mortgage term comes out, and it adds the two or three hundred back on. So you're exactly where you were now. Yeah, but you've 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 saved yourself in that short term period. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so lots. What happens if lots of five homes get put in the market in the coming year or so? I mean, will it will it will it happen in two thousand and eight? Um. Well, I mean, well, look what happened in, in two thousand and eight. Then we would have too much supply and probably not enough demand. Yeah. Uh, meaning five house prices would drop again, mm -hmm. um, and that's that's what happened then. So. But the consistent rise in five house prices over the past few years uh, can be primarily, primarily attributed to the shortage of supply of properties to buy. Uh, yeah. The opposite will be the case if we get an excess supply of many homes on the market. Um, so you can see how that obviously um, swings and roundabouts there, obviously, if there's a... I, don't, I, don't, I can't see that happening, though. No, I don't, I I don't see that happening. But, I, I, just to elite... I, I, I'll lay anybody's fears out there, I can't see that happening. 
because most people have actually been stress tested to that high level, which they weren't mm -hmm. in the 2008. Um, so I can't see a lot of people. I think it's a. I think it's a reactionary thing. I I think it needs a really good estate agent to sit down with for someone, uh, because it's a reactionary thing. Because everybody thinks mortgage rates going up, 2008 crash. Yeah. And it's like no no no. Look at your own circumstances right now. And what does mortgage rates going up mean to you? And what have we just spoken about right now about extending the term and alleviating your position? And is it is it actually a reflection of what's going to happen? For 2008 and the answer to that is absolutely not absolutely not it can't be because it's been stress tested yeah like so there's no way we could have another 2008 the only way you could have another 2008 if america who's actually increasing their debt uh, uh, level anyway yeah is now is now approved so that sorted that debt level and if that hadn't happened Therefore, they would have defaulted on their debts, which would have had a wee bit of catastrophic effect on banks and lending and all the rest of it, and the world economy overall. And everybody might have got a bit jittery, but I still think we were all right. Mm -hmm. So, contrary to the expect uh, the expectations, um, so well, what could go wrong in the five properties? Yeah, I mean, but that that is that what is what, what, could, that good is what could go wrong. What what would the potential good news then? Yeah, I mean, well, well, contrary to expectations. Back in late 2022, um, we stated a few weeks ago that the five first-time buyers in 2023 have been more active in the housing market despite prevailing uh, uncertainty. We spoke about yep. that in the last show. Um, and I attribute this trend to the rising rental costs, uh, mm -hmm. which has made homeownership in five com comparatively more cost-effective. Now, we did look at that in comparison, you and I, on that show. Uh, and this, in turn, has attracted new Fife landlords, which I'm seeing quite a lot of, into yeah, the market, yeah. ready to invest. And I'm aware some uh, some are highly geared, uh, and they have high percentage mortgages uh, on their buy-to-let properties and things. Fife landlords have been battered by, obviously, the Section 24 taxation more. changes uh, from a few years ago, and it's, it's still having a knock-on effect. Um, yet there are lots of new landlords coming into the buy-to-let market. They, mm -hmm. They've had their fingers burned. Uh, I don't know whether they're doing stocks or crypto. Um, and they are now looking for another investment vehicle for their savings. And property really is the way forward. Absolutely. Um, um, the, the UK, and in other words, England, for example, yeah. um, England, you know, predominantly a lot of buy-to-let landlords are still coming in. People are wanting to invest their property in, in, in the market. The, the Scottish market is a bit different because we've got the draconian legislation which is currently yep. in place, and there's nervousness around landlords, isn't there? Yeah, there is a lot of nervousness, and I think, um, I mean, buy-to-let is very much still a, a viable um, avenue to go down as long as you've got the right advice, the right people, you've, you're in the right position, you're at that point of readiness that we talk about, and you, you, yeah. you get the numbers right. And you do this stress testing and you, you um, look at potential investments and look at how you could, uh, situations you could possibly be in yeah, in terms yeah. of uh, mortgage rates going stupidly high or occupancy mm -hmm. rates dropping really low or rental prices dropping really low and, and stress test those um, on any potential investment and you should be okay. I think so. Uh, it's, it's, look at Australia. I got told the other day in Australia um, that most landlords actually run their business or their property business at a loss 
on the expectation that the no property prices will go up over time and therefore that's where they'll make their money in the capital appreciation now i'm not an advocate of that however yeah, yeah. I, can see that, I can see their point this is this is all this is what real estate is all about mcdonald's for example are in the business of real estate they're not in the business yeah. of selling hamburgers that's what their franchisees do they actually own all the real estate that the franchisees are in and they lease it to them and they're in the business of being a landlord and real estate. That's where McDonald's make their money. They don't make their money at all in hamburgers. But the hamburgers and the cut they get off each hamburger that's sold actually allows them to service the debt that they've got borrowed. So the sneaky one, and this is how all commercial investors do it. This is how Arcadia, now Arcadia is defunct now, but this is how Philip Green did Arcadia. He, he, all he did was he just ran the um, clothing businesses within all the real estate that the group owned. And that's how he made his money. Well, the group never owned it. He owned it. Just so happened he leased it to them. And therefore, that's how he <laughs> yeah. made his money because he owned the properties. Um, where Arcadia went under, he didn't. He, has, he still has all the real estate. And the real estate has got real, real high value in it. So all you need to do is then put someone else in that real estate that can service the debt as well. See the relationship there, the similarity. Yeah. A tenant, yeah. commercial tenant, that's it. Residential tenant. It's just the same thing, but it's on a smaller scale for private landlords. <laughs> so that's the that's that's the almost a similarity with that. And that's why property investment will always be a really good investment if, like you said, you get the numbers right in the beginning. But that's yeah. about that's about running them past us first and making sure that that is the case. And by all means, if anybody's tuning in or or or, or watching, then by all means, you know, just uh, get in touch with direct messages direct, and we'll we'll run through your numbers and see where you are right now. Yeah. The simple fact is, the UK doesn't actually build enough. Here's the here's the one. Here is the one that solves everything. See around the world, they've got plenty of space to build everything. But in the UK, it's a completely different proposition. We are effectively an island. And because we're an island, there's only a finite amount. My friend once said to me years and years ago, he was a town planner, Dave Kirk, a town planner, um, so he knew what he was talking about. And he also had a business um, doing that sort of thing as well. He said to me, you know, there's the, you, you, know you know, the scarcest commodity in the world. Um, and, and I went, what? And I went, it was going oil. Um, he says, no, no, a wee bit like, um, and I said, houses. And he went, no, no, it's no houses either. And he went, I went, land? He it's went, land. Built them on nailed it. Nailed it. Because once you've built on the land, it's gone. So if you've got all the land, and you've got all the land that's been allocated for building, and you've built on that land for building, therefore there's no other land to build on, therefore you've got this, you've got the, the homes to satisfy the demand, meaning in the medium to long term, rents and house prices... Go up. It's a yeah. foregone conclusion. Yeah, and that's why vitally it's an excellent hedge against things like inflation and and, and investment uh, choices. And really, I mean, we um, we done articles from uh, previous and last year and things about uh, about uh, this as well. So, I mean, we feel free to obviously message us or or, or speak to us about them. Yeah, but the article we did late last year. The British yeah. housing market, which experienced a surge during the pandemic due to the demand for more space, has yet to experience an anticipated decline that some commentators predicted last year. 
Some high-profile commentators predicted this last year. Some high-profile commentators are predicting it every single week. And they're still, you know, I keep saying, and I keep going on and saying to their feed, and I keep saying, hey, if you keep talking about it all the time, at some point in the future, you'll be right. And, and I bet you'll be going, I was right. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, you've been talking about it for the last five years. No wonder you're right. The resilience of the UK economy and the strength of the labour market and the expected decrease in inflation throughout the remainder of the year are all factors that only add strength to the property market overall and the five market itself. Now, that's really my thoughts on the matter. I'd love to know other people's thoughts as well. Yeah. I mean, final words for you, Richard, before we finish. Yeah, I think the takeaway from this, today, if anybody's going to take it away, I think is if you're in that current position with your mortgage rate and you're at that point where you're going to be changing, um, speak to the right people, get the right advice. And and like you say, Jim, like this, these people you spoke to last week, they had they had the decision that they were going to sell and possibly it's not the right, it's not the right decision for them. Um, yes. So, yeah, speak to the right people, get the right advice if you're in that position where you're working. I think you hit the nail on the head. I would agree with that as well. And the fact yeah. that it is, it is about getting the right advice and getting the facts now and don't yeah. leave it to the last minute as a, as, a, as a mortgagee coming out of your fixed rate mortgage. Yeah. Uh, get that advice now because you could get the end game. the term quite comfortably with probably no penalties at all. I mean, the bank's going to be there to help you. The bank's not interested in getting you to default on your loan because if you default on your loan, what happens is they have to put a bad debt provision aside and then that wipes out their profits. Mm -hmm. And then their shareholders go, where's the money? Yeah, I'm relying on this for my pension. And then yeah, the so their objective is to keep you on track. Money. We're relying on this for our pensions. That's, that is the issue. So everybody loves stability. Everybody likes people coming in at the numbers they predicted. This is why nobody likes someone coming in and saying, oh, remember I says we were going to make 100 million? Well, we've made 150 million. It's like, whoa, we don't like that. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you should have known you were going to do that. So how come it's that much? Um, you know, how, did you, how would you know you would predict that? What happened there? And that gives uncertainty. And if somebody says it was going to come in at 100 million and then it comes in at 75 million, whoa, wait a minute, we didn't expect that. But if somebody says, you remember it says it's going to come in at 100 million? Well, we'll come in at 101 million. They go, oh, thank goodness for that. We like, we like 101 million. We don't like 150 million. We don't like 75 million. Yeah. We just like it stable because we know next year we'll get the same again and it's the same return. It's nice and steady. Yeah. It's, it's, it's predictable. It's, and it's predictable for, 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 for forecasting. It's also yeah. predictable for their pension funds. It's predictable for their payouts. Yeah. Therefore, they can say with certainty when they come to forecast that that's the, that's that that's this where, is where we're going to be. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Thanks very much for your advice. Good. Thanks very much for coming on, Richard. Yeah. And uh, and until next time, bye, guys. It's bye bye from us. Thanks.